Welcome to the Lounge, a show where I talk to the top names in the gaming industry. Today I've got Eloy LaSanta of Third Eye Games. We're talking about Part-Time Gods 2nd Edition, which is currently on Kickstarter. And we talk about gaming and game design and a whole bunch of other stuff. So sit back, relax, and you know this, enjoy the lounge. The misdirected Mark guys kind of brought me, uh, or brought you to my attention. And I was yeah. researching you, and I'm like, everything this guy does is cool. <laughs> well, I mean, thank you. <laughs> it, it's so awesome. Um, I had a lot of fun actually doing the research, and I was, I was a little bit like, I want to read everything, but I, I don't, I don't read so fast. So, um, I'm a slow reader too. Like, I, I get that entirely. Okay. Uh, so I am a slow. I'm actually a really fast writer. Actually, I'm not as fast. As some people, because I know some writers, they're like, yeah, you know, I had a pretty good day. I got like 10,000 words in the day. I'm like, dude, like on a good day, I get maybe 2,500 in. You know, it's like, it's like a day where I sit down and all I do is write. I can get about 2,500, maybe 3,000 if I'm like really on a roll. But like somebody will just sit down and be like, I finished six to 10,000. I'm just like, I, I hope all of it's crap. Because you know, like, <laughs> you're just trying to make me look bad at this point. Um, so yes, anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm. I feel like I've never really thought about that, but I think I might be a faster writer than I'm a reader too. Because I've had times where, um, when I was working on a novel that I may or may not ever go back to, um, it was a superhero novel. So um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did mention before I, I am a little bit obsessed, but uh, no. um but oh we're gonna have guest stars aren't we um cool um (laughs) but uh i i in one sitting of about 14 hours i got through i think it was eleven thousand words oh okay yeah so and i drank a lot um (laughs) which was it was funny it was one of those situations where i was just drinking and writing and drinking and writing i had a whole weekend to myself in my apartment and you know, nobody was around. And then yeah. I realized how much I drank and I stopped drinking for about three months. Cause I was just like, Oh, <laughs> I have a lot of friends who tell me like, man, like sometimes I'll just sit down and I have some bourbon and I just let the words spill out of me. And I'm like, well, I don't drink. Like, I mean, usually it's me and you know, maybe some sweet tea, sure. know, it's like, you know, maybe a Coke, you know? So it's like, you know, I guess maybe I don't have the, the, the mental lubrication uh, for for the words to come out the same way, maybe I need to. But <laughs> the, the Hemingway ask like, exactly. But then, like half the time, like they're like, yeah. And then I had to go back and like fix a lot of it. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> well, that you know, was what? that was the thing. It actually, I I kind of stopped writing that because I went back and I'm like, oh, some of this is just not good. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, right? Is like when I said earlier that like I, I get. 25 like on a really good day i'll get 2500 to 3000 words done and that's be- but those those 2500 to 3000 words are like near perfect like i've gone over them several times and adjusted them and like i try like tried my best to make them as awesome as possible in that time uh which is probably why i write slower is because i really do try to minimize the amount of going back and fixing things later like yeah. i like to fix it right then in the moment while my mind is fresh on what i'm trying to say that makes a lot of sense i i i've tried to do the nanorimo a few times and the whole idea of that is you just put words out and you go back and and review it later and i'm like i i, but I don't want to read it later like yeah like i want it to be good now <laughs> well hell i mean that's honestly the reason that i've been going back and doing second editions for my games sure you know it's like because i i've been going back and i'm like reading my original first edition games and i'm like like i get what i was trying to do there yeah but wow like like i mean it's good but like i'm way better now like you know it's like you know like i like part-time god second edition is is actually a really good example of that because that game came out like seven years ago Mm -hmm. and like i am so far beyond 
design wise and just you know writing experience wise from where i was when i originally wrote that game and it's it's amazing to see what i have been able to kind of take that core concept and kind of recreate it into this you know this game that is the same game but is also uh under the hood is a, a completely different game and it's because like i'm taking all of the the themes and the the concepts that i that i talked about in first edition um and actually putting things behind it to reinforce them now um whereas before a lot of it was was lip service mm -hmm. and now it's like no the game makes you do these things now like <laughs> um specifically that game is about balancing your mortal and your divine existences and before it was like yeah you pick your you know you pick your occupation and then like you pick what you're the god of and you kind of just run around and you do stuff and you know your your mortal life is going to creep in every so often but most people just played it and they just ignored it and they just went on with their game but now like no you have to <laughs> you have to deal with your mortal responsibilities they will come creeping in and uh it's it's actually a really fun kind of mechanic that i I don't want to say I invented it because I'm sure that there's a game out there that may or may not have done it. But to the to the to the closest recollection that I have, and I've tried to do as much research as I could to make sure uh, um, that it's a it's a brand new type of approach to uh, an RPG in the way that scenes are structured and whatnot. That um, that I have not seen in any other game besides this one, which uh, for me is one of the one of the more exciting aspects of doing this brand new game is that you know not only is it just you know a cleaner and better version, um, but I'm kind of uh, turning the entire idea of the the RPG kind of on its ear and uh, and challenging people to try a, a new approach to an RPG. So it's it's kind of interesting. I the the idea that there's uh, the resources that you have to spend to actually just I encounter things, and mm -hmm. then you have to that re eventually reach a point where you have to refresh those resources, or those resources get damaged. And it's it's this that that whole side of it. I'm someone that in general, when you're like, oh, it's a resource management game, I'm like. Okay, cool, great. I'm gonna <laughs> count how many arrows I have now. Um, oh gosh! <laughs> but but this, you know, as I was reading through this, um, the the quick start rules. One of the things I noted is like I I want to engage with these rules. Um, yeah. Which is which is really cool. Um, well, and that's 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 a that's a thing about game design that I've had. I've had a lot of people kind of tell me their ideas of what kind of game design should be uh, at, in my years that I've been, you know, doing game design. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are people who are like, I want to create a system that gets out of your way. Mm -hmm. And then there are others that are like, I want to create a system that simulates everything perfectly. And uh, I'm neither of those. Uh, I, I am not looking to simulate everything, but my games are not entirely narrative either. The systems that I create, I want you to engage with them. So I, I love that you just said that you actually do want to. Um, but that's why I make the systems is for you to engage with them. And by engaging with those systems, it enhances your experience. Um, and that's because the, the, the entire design philosophy that I do whenever I'm making any game is, you know, I come up with the core concept of what I want and like the conceit and the themes and all that stuff. And then I apply mechanics to that to make those things uh, occur, mm -hmm. uh, you know? So, um, you know, I mean, and that's kind of like, that's how I do it. And that's why part-time gods is structured the way that it is and has a little bit of resource management in it um you know with the free time and the wealth mm -hmm. uh being kind of a balancing act that you kind of have to play there um but the the free time wealth mechanic uh it really was and it's funny too because it was it, it's been something that i've been trying to play around with for you know probably a couple years now as i've been trying to think of 
how I wanted to approach a new edition of Part-Time Gods. And I, I had just recently broke out my really, really old copy of Shea Geek, if anybody's ever played that game in the last like five, you know, in the last 15, 20 years. Um, it's an old Steve Jackson game. And it was all about like, um, basically you were trying to uh, slack off more than everybody else. Oh. Uh, so so, you, so you, you pick an occupation and in your occupation, you have a certain level of free time and a certain level of not wealth. I think they called it money or whatever. Um, so I was like, I was like, I wonder if I can take that concept and apply it to part-time gods in such a way as to enhance the game. And I played around with that. I would say I played around with that for a good three, four months, just trying to figure out how I wanted that to work. And if it was something that I would be able to engage, you know, players with, cause that's mm -hmm. like, that's the thing, right? Is, is you want to make a game that people want to play. <laughs> um, and you know, on it on its surface, people you know people will read the rules and they'll say, "Oh, so every so often I might have to get out of a scene." Well, that's not fun. Everybody else is going to have fun at the table, but me. Um, and it's like, it, and that's one way to interpret it. The other way to interpret it is, well, you're going to leave that scene with everybody else, and now you're going to go off over here and you're going to have your own scene mm -hmm. where you're going to be dealing with things that are important to your character and may not be may not be the thing that's like you know hunting the monster or fighting the ancient god or anything like that but you know you're going to make sure that your that your wife doesn't divorce you you know it's like <laughs> you know it's like you know if that's important to you as a gamer and having those kind of moments then this is it's a perfect kind of game um i actually in one of my actual plays that i'm running and then i'll stop i'll stop rambling here no um in one of my actual plays that I'm running, and because my, my goal is to um, record a whole bunch of actual plays and we're leading up now to our Kickstarter, and then I'm gonna start releasing them as, as we get closer to the Kickstarter and then also during the Kickstarter. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so I'm running, I'm running two that I'm recording, uh, two different actual plays myself, uh, and um, I'm hoping, and I'm getting feedback from other playtesters, and I'm gonna have a lot of quotes and a lot of people talking about their games. It's really, really fun. I love hearing all the stories that people are having. But anyway, in one of my games, um, I created a storyline for each of the three gods that was in the game, and one of them like came upon a mysterious murder uh, and all that stuff. The character is a paramedic, so it makes sense. So she went to go, con you know, uh, console and make sure that one of the victims was okay. And then also during the course of that, checked out the crime scene itself and then found out that there was some weird ritualistic stuff going on, right? So that's one character. The other one got approached by um, a possible rival god in order to make alliances against a common enemy and whatnot. So it's like, you know, both of those are still, you know, fairly on the, the digital side, um, I'm not the digital, the, um, the divine side of the game. And then the third guy, uh, he's the god of thieves. Um, you know, the very first thing that I threw at him was that, yeah, you get a call from your brother and uh, he got arrested and he's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> and he needs you to come up with bail money. Uh, so, you know, the rest of them are like, we have to figure out, we have to do the research, we have to figure out what the monster is. And the god of thieves is like, hey, I'm going to be there soon, but I'm trying to get some money. Uh, I, will, I will see you guys soon. I just have to get my brother out. And it was funny because it was like, they were all like, you know, they were on the phone, like, hey, we've, we've got this much information. That sounds great. Uh, I'm about to go and like steal this thing so that I can, you know, hawk it and make some money. Uh, you know, so it's like they had, you know, it's, it's, it's modern day. So phone communication, like it's easy to do while you're even in different scenes. So, but it's, it's again, it's one of those things like he could have said, hey, um, hey, bro, you stay in there. I'm going to go hunt a monster. Like he could have right. said that, like, um, but what that would have done is, you know, his his brother was in danger in jail. Um, had he left him in there, then his brother's the relationship with him and his brother would have started to become strained, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because his brother would be, you know, he, he would be being strained. He would be getting assaulted in jail and whatnot. So, I can, yeah, um, I could see yeah. someone getting bothered by that. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, that's the thing, right, is is he, then it makes it his choice. Like he didn't have to, you know, and that's the thing. Uh, a lot of people will be like, oh, so, you know, every so often I'm just going to get penalized for stuff. And it's just like, well, I mean, it's your choice. Um, you know, we're, like I didn't give him his brother. 
You know what I mean? Like sure. when he's writing up his character, he says, Ooh, I'm going to have a brother who's troubled and I have to sometimes, you know, you know, help him out of stuff. And he gave me, basically he wrote that into his character and basically handed me a storyline to use on him. You know, so it's, you know, it, that's part of it too, is that, you know, it's, it's, you are creating the character that you want to play. Yeah. Um, and these other things like, you know, Hey, like my character is, uh, you know, the, you know, the god of marriage, but now his own marriage is, is, is faltering, you know, so now, you know, his, so his, uh, his scenes with his wife are now going to end up being, you know, him trying to use his powers to try and, like, make his marriage better, you know, and it, that has nothing to do with, like, the overall safety of the city or, you know, the protection of the pantheon, it's very personal to that character, uh, but those are the types of games that I play anyway, yeah like that's like that's the thing right is like this is this is the first game that i've seen that's structured the way that i already play my games uh because i already am the guy who people hate when <laughs> you play when you when you play D D with with me uh i'm you know i'm britta from community you know where it's just like you know there's the gnome and you know he's the he's the bartender oh gnome what's going on and oh my god your people are oppressed we need to no we need to go fight the thing no but have you did you hear the story of the gnome like it's like you know like that's me uh because i like i like to go off on side tangents so like this game is perfect for me uh you know so but i know some people like I, I'm already resigned to the fact that, that it's not going to be for everybody. Sure. Um, you know, some people are very much the, you know, the team gets together, the team goes together and fights the thing and we win and we're heroic and we're badasses. you know? And it's like, that's cool. Like that's a, that's a fun game. Like every so often, but like, I'm much more into the, you know, exploring like part-time gods is a lot about like, you know, what does it mean to be human? You know, like, uh, you know, every every step that you take towards your divinity, you're you have to cut off a piece of your humanity. Right. And like, what does that feel like? Like the the game is is very much about the journey to true godhood, not necessarily about you know necessarily being a true god. And that's the thing about part time gods that makes it stand out against the many other like games where you can play gods you know so like that's the like there's already games where you can be like hey i start off as a ultra powerful god i'm gonna go off and rule worlds awesome sure. yeah go play that game that's great that's not part-time gods yeah you know, so. it, well <laughs> it's called part-time gods for a reason you know you're 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 gonna be a god but then you know you better make it to your shift at walmart because you know yes. you gotta pay for your apartment exactly and you might have a roommate and it's like ah, you know your roommate gets on your case if you don't come up with the rent soon enough uh, and it just becomes a big hassle it's (laughs) so what's amazing about going through this too is i felt like um as i was reading through it the elements that were part of the rule system felt familiar Mm. but different at the same time so you know you hear oh it's a it's a bunch of D10s. There's a number of games that have used a system similar to that. Um, yeah. Like there were elements to it that I and I and I and I wanted to ask if you kind of if you kind of pulled from a toolbox. And it sounds like to to some extent you did, where you said, "Well, this is similar to this idea. I just am gonna, you know, make it my own." Well, I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's hard to do uh, D10 pools and not come off, you know, at least somewhat derivative of other D10 pool games. Right. Um, you know, the most the most prominent being, you know, obviously like Seventh C, mm-hmm. um, L5R, and anything from like White Wolf and Onyx Path. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those are the main D10 culprits out there. Um, but you know, when you know, sitting down to really kind of come up with my own kind of system, it's hard to not look at what they're doing but that's also what i that's that's also part of my process like i said before like before i sat down and i said this is how i'm going to design my game i looked to see if there were other games that did that thing you know um and i didn't find any um and i've never played any so it you know as far as i'm concerned it's the first of its kind and it's amazing um but you know but and in terms of you know rolling d10s it was more trying to find the right balance for my game um and it, and I and I agree. Like the the goal was to make it feel familiar, but also have some unique things that make it 
that make it special. Yeah. Um, you know, the 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 ease of the successes, um, the um, the bonuses only adding or taking away dice. That's actually a big deal. Apparently, lots of lots of D10 games they adjust target numbers, and then you adjust target numbers, and you adjust number of successes needed, and then it yeah. just throws a big wrench in a lot of oh. different stuff. So really, just kind of keeping it nice and streamlined was was definitely a big thing when I was designing it. Um, and also, you know, obviously the addition of the the Pantheon pool, uh, which was also called the Karma pool in Ninja Crusade Second Edition, which uses um, the same base system as okay. Part-Time God Second Edition. Um, and basically, you know, that being the the pool of shared dice among all the players, uh, that uh, basically by activating negative things on your character um, or rolling really well or rolling really poorly mm -hmm. uh, you can add dice to that pool and then at any time someone at the table can take dice from that to help with their rolls um, I actually ran an actual play last night and it was the last it was like one of the last rolls of the night where um, the character had you know they were fighting a minotaur and because uh, the goal was to get the Minotaur to leave a, a club that it was like terrorizing. And that was like their whole goal. OK, um, but they couldn't get him to leave because he even though there were four of them, uh, you know, he's this giant Minotaur and, you know, he could punch them across the room in a, in a heartbeat. Uh, so they were like, OK, we really don't know how to handle this. So they actually they asked for help from. Uh, there's uh, one of the characters in the quick start is a member of the order of Mescanet, which is kind of like this like societal construct of gods. Okay. Like they're all about like high power, high society sort of thing. And they have all the, they have all the, the info and all the knowledge. Uh, so they, so they contacted the contact, they contacted their contact. They contacted uh, that character's watcher from the, from the order. And they were able to get a, basically a sort of minotaur slaying, um, it was near the end of the night, so I was like, we need to hurry it up. It's only a one shot. I want you to guys to defeat the guy. So here's a sort of Minotaur slaying. Um, but it was really cool because uh, Amanda was in, ended up playing Gabriel, who is not good at swords at all. And she had like two dice to roll. Um, and then the rest of the team was like, well, we have four Pantheon dice. Take those. And I was just like, and you could spin a fragment, and that'll give you three more successes. And you could spin a free time, and that'll give you two more dice. So she ended up rolling like a mountain of dice for like this massive <laughs> final roll. Um, and she ended up rolling really well. She ended up with like 11 successes, oh. um, which is because because not only did she have a lot of dice, a lot of those dice came up as successes. Oh, wow. So, um, it was just um, it was an amazing like final moment where like the Minotaur just kind of like collapsed on top of on, on top of the character because um, he was not he was not strong enough to hold the sword and then a Minotaur fell on top of him. Uh, <laughs> so he and then he was just covered in blood and stuff. It was really fun. Um, but so it was so it was that kind of moment right and you and the game allows you to have those kind of moments with mm -hmm. the different kind of things that you can do to manipulate the dice um so you know like i said like in that case not only because she only had two dice to roll naturally because the dude's not a fighter sure you know so um so but with the addition of of help from the pantheon and help from you know the spending the godhood and all the different stuff it it made it so that it was a successful thing now that was good that you know she did that near the end of the session um but you know you can technically do that at like almost any time uh which is fun i i really enjoy it i i'm just i don't know i'm really excited about the game it's it's uh it's uh like i can't say enough really positive things about it like every time i play it i just have an amazing time with it and uh it's it, i've been i'll say that i, I won't say that i've been surprised that everybody really likes it because obviously that's the goal. Sure. Um, but, uh, but you know, I'm 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 somewhat surprised at the number of playtesters who seem to kind of fall in line with the same type of game that I like to play. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so because that's what I do is I design games that I want to play, and I just kind of hope that everybody else likes it and, <laughs> and, and maybe they will, you know, that's, that's kind of the goal uh, with the whole thing. Well, it's, what's interesting too is um, when, when I look at this and I see that, that idea of like, here's elements that, that look familiar. Like one of the things I was, I actually want to ask about is the conditions because conditions mm -hmm. show up in a lot of different games in some way, shape or form. But yeah. the way these are introduced, it's people making the choice 
Yes. And, and that's amazing. And then those, those elements to that, uh, one of the things that always bothered me about um, White Wolf, for example, is that if you roll a one, you lose a success. It has this math element onto it um, yeah. that, that's always there. But for you, that's the condition of confused. Like, right. That's cool. I, I like the idea that like your, your situation for dice rolling gets more complex if you make the choice to make it more complex. Exactly. Um, and like, and, and just for everybody who hasn't read the quick start yet, the conditions are, you know, kind of a way that you don't die. Yeah. Like you, 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 you come away from a battle scathed, but you don't, you're not dead. So, so, you know, so if you have, you know, if you, and that actually happened in the game last night where they were fighting the Minotaur, because that's what happens when you fight a Minotaur, um, where the guy was like, I, he had six health, and I'm like, well, the Minotaur charges you and does, I, and I was like, I rolled eight successes, and he's like, well, I rolled two to defend, and I'm like, well, that's six damage then. Uh, so um, that's how that works. Uh, and he was just like, well, I'm dead. And I'm like, well, you don't need to be dead. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say you take three levels of damage, but then I'm also going to give you two levels of bleeding. And I'm going to give you one level of afraid mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you, you've now, you're now bleeding. And even though you were standing against the Minotaur at first, very like, oh, I'm going to get you. Now you're like, oh, crap, this thing is that strong. And like you're realizing that you are in this moment here and you may need to get the hell out. Um, so I'm like, so you're bleeding and now you're also afraid, which means you're not dead. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and it works out that way a lot of the time. And it's, it's a really fun kind of flexible system. And uh, the quick start has like the most common, like one, two, three, four, five, six. It's got six, but like the core book has 20 in it. Oh, like 20 different conditions that all work different ways. Um, and, you know, and that's the, that's the fun thing about the game. And obviously the quick start is just like a bing, bang, you know, quick thing. Uh, but like everything that's in the quick start is fully elaborated on in the full book, obviously. Mm -hmm. It's, um, yeah, like, the elements that that are just part of this um i mean even before anybody first of all everybody should check out the the kickstarter and do that oh do you have a launch date may 8th okay is what we're looking at now okay may 8th um after, after this we'll talk about like the release of this and everything i don't want to okay. do too much uh on air <laughs> producing but um so uh so before anybody does the the uh, the Kickstarter though, um, picking up the Quick Start, you know, like it, it's worth it because there's there's just a lot of really cool stuff in here. I one of the things that it makes me think of is um, I've played with the same group of gamers for over 25 years. Oh wow, so yeah. lucky. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean I love those guys. Like it's been a lot of fun, but there have been times where it, it felt a little stagnant. And, you know, I've stepped away mm -hmm. from it here and there and, you know, oh, I'm not going to play this game, that kind of thing. And recently um, I introduced a GURPS game, which GURPS is lots of crazy rules, lots of crazy stuff. Yes. Um, but I replaced the um, the quirks rules with uh, bonds, almost direct, almost taken entirely out of Powered by Apocalypse. Uh, right. And another guy is running a game that is Mutants and Masterminds, and he decided to introduce um, – he pulled it from uh, Smallville, but um, what was the system? Cortex system? Yeah, it's, it's Cortex Plus. Yeah, and he wanted that to, to kind of show, like, what our social interactions are and stuff like that. Yeah. The, even this group of Gronyards – that I've played with for so long, we're like, yeah, but how can we make this story more about something more? Um, right. And the fact that that's built into directly the elements of the characters in the story in your game without having to shoehorn anything else in. Yeah. Uh, like that's just, it's such a, it's such, it's, it's, it's a very elegant design. Um, <laughs> Well, and that's, it's that, that, that obviously, yes, that was definitely part of it. Um, 
you know the 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 idea that when you're building your character and that's when you look at the pre, the pre-generated characters that are in the quick start like you have four major character four major decisions that you make mm-hmm. when you're making a character you pick your and two of them are for your mortal side and two of them are for your god side so you are you know equally balanced there um so the first thing that you pick is your occupation mm-hmm. your mortal occupation and you know uh i get a lot of whenever i'm whenever i'm running the game i get a lot of business owner um and i get a lot of uh, like minimum wage you know because when you when you tell somebody like yeah you're just a regular person you know they a lot of people go like oh cool then i like work in a like an office like i'm a you know uh, i work in like a call center or whatever like you can do that too um you know but like you know it has a lot of his like police officer lawyer um doctor like you know basically just regular people occupations that you can come across any day and basically you you pick your occupation as a as a person you pick your archetype um and we used uh kind of the the jungian um archetype so like you know uh, the the rebel the innocent the hero that sort of thing um and that colors a lot of what your personality is as a person um then you pick what you're the god of and one of the best things about part-time gods is that you can be the god of just about anything yeah um there is, there is, I mean, there are limitations and I give a lot of advice on how to pick a good one in the book. Uh, but you know, usually whenever I say, you can be the God of anything, the first thing people say is, so I can be the God of cheese? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, like technically you could, um, you know, but really what you should probably be would be like a God of shepherds. Um, and because actually, if you look in mythology, um, there were a lot of gods of shepherds mm-hmm. who were also gods of cheese making um, and whatnot. So uh, those actually exist in mythology. So if you were to pick like a god of shepherds, then that that fits in with the goat's milk as part of, of what you are the god of. So then you could technically also be the god of cheese, I guess, if you wanted to be. <laughs> uh, you know, so, um, but I've had like, I saw, I saw a whole actual play in, with first edition where there was a guy who was like, um, the God of Balloons, and I and then like I was like that's gonna be so dumb, but I watched the the actual play and they just had a ball with it. Yeah, and and it was really really fun. So that's the thing, like you can have like gods of fire and war and trickery and all these very you know commonplace, very very well known uh, dominions, you know, or you can go a little bit you know a little bit more creative and unique with it, and you can pick different things. Um, so yeah, so I really like that aspect of the game. Uh, but then there's also the last choice being the theology, which is how you interpret your godhood. Because some characters are like, I'm a god, now it's time to become a greater god. And other ones are like, well, I'm a god, but am I a god? You know, it's like, you know, and, and other ones are like, I'm a god, but I kind of understand my place in the hierarchy of greater spirits and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's like, it's all about how you interpret your godhood. And that's like the last choice. So, and out of those four choices, um, you get a lot, like that creates a lot of your character for you. Like, that's the best part about it. Cause really you're just making choices. Yeah. Uh, and then like, you're getting skill points from each of those. You're getting manifestation points. You're getting some bonds, some worshipers, some relics. You're getting, you know, your free time and wealth from that. You're getting, you, and then you also get these things called blessings and curses and blessings are cool little tricks that you can do. Curses are basically the negative reflection of all the cool things that you can do. So, you know, so like, hey, like you, you know, something you're a great hero that is, you know, always ready to go and protect somebody. Um, You know, the bad side of that is that sometimes bad guys find out who you care about and will purposefully target them. Uh, So, uh, you know, it's like, yes. And also the bad. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's it's, you know, you you. uh it's so well balanced in that way. I, I did want to point out that um, in the the quick start, uh, one of the curses is I just can't even. Uh, yes. For, for Gabriel, and uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's that's the thing I say. I enjoy yeah. That. Uh, yeah. There's there there's two of them that I really like. There's just a, there's I I just can't even, uh, and then I think Mina is the one, and she's got one called Bored Now. <laughs> so which is just you know and both of those are literally just like 
the player makes the decision to just remove their character from the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which, again, it sounds like one of those things that you're like, why would I do that? I want to be part of the scene. I want to be part of the game. Uh, but to tell a story that I actually ran uh, this game at a con, uh, and it was a really fun group is at AndoCon. If you get a chance to go to AndoCon, it's in uh, Georgia, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. But um, I ran it there, and one of the char- one of the players was playing Mina, and I had them. Uh, she's the goddess of light, and I had them chasing um, a god of darkness, like into like a, a movie theater. Um, and of course, he made like the whole hallway into the movie theater super dark. And one of her curses is that she is she gets heavy anxiety whenever there's like the absence of light mm-hmm. uh so like when it got really dark she's like nope he, he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna duck out i can't even follow him i'm like cool the rest of the characters are gonna go in and they start fighting the bad guy like in the middle of the theater with everybody watching it was really fun um so um so that and i'm like so i was like we did a couple of we did a couple of uh you know uh rounds over there and then i said i turned to mina's player and i said did you want to do anything else because you're just kind of standing outside the thing you've caught your breath you can't go in, but do you want to do anything else? And he says, yeah, I think I want to go and try and find maybe the projector room, because then if I can find the light switch, then I can turn on all the lights, and then I can join the battle. Ooh. And I said, cool. I was like, you find that. Like, I was like, all right, we did another round of combat, and I'm like, cool. At the end of this round, you found it, and you got to the room, and like, you totally found you know, the switch. And he goes, actually, no, I got bored looking for the switch. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually find it. And what he was doing, again, because every time you activate a curse – you're adding dice to the Pantheon pool, yeah. which then the other players can pull from to help their roles. And that's the, and that's the beauty of it. So he was he purposefully, he was seeing that the two of them were having a problem finding the bad guy. So he's like, I am going to give them more dice to use um, since I'm not going to be directly involved in the fight. Uh, but it's really fun. And that's the thing about the curses too, is it's not something that like, it's not there for me to abuse your character. Like right. it's for it's there for you to use too to have flavor and to you know really portray your character the way that um it's written and like the choices that you made like you chose those things like yeah. you know that's that's the thing like in a lot of these like there are multiple choices and then you get to choose the one that you like uh, multiple curses multiple blessings you know based on what you're picking so you know it's if you if these are the choices that you have it's because you picked them Right. So, <laughs> the, it, I will say this too: the curses, unlike you know, there's lots of games that have merits and flaws, or or mm-hmm. disadvantages, or you know, whatever you want to call it, complications. Um, and what I like about this is it becomes a way to gain additional resources, you know, because it does refresh that pantheon dice pool. Um, exactly. And and that and that, and you're and you're inviting complication into the game. Right. So like it and again like with with drawbacks like and I have games that have drawbacks too. Like Amp, like you you get gifts and you get drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and drawbacks are cool because it gives you points in order for you to build your character up bigger. Um, but this is more like less like Amp's not really a game about like super teams or anything like that. Like it's really about like you as an Amp and you discovering your powers and doing all of that stuff. Whereas this is kind of like that, but also it's very much about team cohesiveness. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you invite some complication into the scene, everybody benefits from it. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's, you know, it's a uh, man, I'm just going to take myself out of the scene because I'm just, I just can't handle this. Um, and in other times it's like, well, you know, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give a Pantheon die here and uh, somebody shows up that I pissed off, you know, a year ago and now he's back for payback. You know, it's like, boom, like y- you can also use it just to like introduce conflict, introduce a new enemy into the scene, you know, depending upon, again, your choices. Um, it's, it's, it, it, the curses have a lot of flexibility to them and there's a lot of different types of them uh, that, and they all kind of really just work well. So, but the cool thing too, and I, and I do want to stress this because again, a lot of people, a lot of people stress when they hear, oh, take myself out of the scene. What if I want to do something? Um, there are times that, because the only way to refresh wealth is to go to work yeah. um, in the game. Or like you, like if you are going to take a side job and get paid like a commission or whatever, like you can do that too. Um, but mostly it's you go to work and it's like, hey, I spend a scene, I'm going to go to work. 
and um, I'm going to get a little bit of money back. But the fun thing about the game is that even while your character is doing the work, and you can choose to run like a scene at work, like if something cool is going on at work. True. You know, like if, like if there's a fun, if there's something fun or exciting or interesting that you can do at work, like, you know, if you wanted to kind of replicate an office space kind of, you know, situation where, where you're at work, but technically, you know, you're clowning around and you're trying to come up with your own schemes with your coworkers and stuff like that, like that can be fun too. Um, but literally, if you just say, I'm just going to go to work, just forget about me for a little bit, and you you guys go on and do your thing, and then at the, at the beginning of the next scene, I'll come and join you. Um, even while you're at work, the way that the system is built, you have um, you have bonds that you can send to go do lead follow-up. Mm -hmm. You have worshipers that you can ask for favors. You have vassals that you can send to go do things. So even if, you know, even if you are you know, you're busy, yeah. you, you as the player can still be engaged in helping the group. Uh, and that's actually one of the, that's one of the keys to making that kind of structure, that kind of scene structure work is so that even if you're not in the scene, you're still active, you're still doing things. Yeah, that's, it, it's, it, I, I enjoy that aspect of, of you, you know, yeah, you're, doing you're not doing maybe the main thing have there been points where everybody ends up kind of doing another thing besides the main plot all at the same time you know it one of the most interesting things i haven't had it where everybody did it okay but i had one really fun this was the very first play test that i did for it um and it was where i was like i am super convinced that this is the best thing ever um but i had there were there were um there were four gods in the group and uh, we had just come to a certain point where we were like, okay, cool. So they're like, we're tracking down this kid and we have to, we have to go to, you know, the foster home, you know, what, what's the, the not halfway house, but you know, where uh, group home, we have okay. to go to the group home and we need to talk to the social worker because they know where this kid is and we're trying to find the kid. Um, and they're like, okay, cool. Well, let's go. And I'm like, well, how much free time does everybody have? And one guy's like, oh, I have none. I have to go to work. Uh, he And he was a privileged character. So I was like, cool, your parents call you and say that you have to go and attend a function in their name. Uh, and we had like a really fun scene where he had to talk, he had to like go and hobnob with like rich people. Uh, and if he had rolled poorly, he would have actually strained his relationship with his family mm -hmm. uh, because he would have been not representing, you know, his family correctly. Um, so that was actually a really fun little scene. Uh, then the other person was like, I, you know what, I'm actually going to go to work because they, it, she was a scientist and they had found like a dead body earlier and they were like, it, it, she was like, well, you know what, I'm not going to go to that. I'm going to go and I'm going to do a scene researching the body and dissecting it and figuring out what's going on. So she had, she could have gone, but she was like, no, I'm not going to go. Um, and then the third one was like, actually, I'm out of free time as well. So I'm going to go and, uh. Uh, deal with my worshipers who are calling me and so I had to do a, a fun little scene with the worshipers and that was really fun too oh my god it was it's and that's actually the thing too is it, I enjoy doing the little side scenes because it, it adds conflict and whatnot so so it basically left the fourth person who had lots of free time like that was the way that he built his character was lots of free time not that much wealth uh -huh. um, and uh, but he was absolutely the worst person to go <laughs> to do this and so because he's he's like like the flippant kind of like well you know blah 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 and i'm, I'm gonna try and talk around him but i'm really bad at it um you know so it, and that was that was what this this game kind of you know everybody had to go do other things and they're like we can do it after we're done with our stuff and he's like nope i got it don't you worry and then he just went and just ruined it all um so it was like you know and then they had to come when they got back together they're like oh my gosh why did you do that? And then it, that just created even more conflict because now the group was all yelling at him for screwing it up. He's just like, couldn't you have waited five hours? You know, so it was, it, it, it's one of those things. So I haven't had anything where everybody is off doing something to the side because usually somebody's focused on the main story. Sure. Um, but whenever I make my games anyway, I always have, I always have at least one individual story per character and then i also have an overarching story mm -hmm. so there's always like at least four or five things happening all at the same time 
and, and that's because that's the beauty of part-time gods is like i that's my job is to make you choose between things yeah so, <laughs> i i enjoy um, also that you said that that's how you're running games anyways because that's definitely how i run games you yeah. know like like <laughs> oh here's all the here's all your 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 dumb stuff that you have to deal with uh and here's all the the world stuff that's super important or maybe not as important sometimes depends on the game <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that's um i i also enjoyed uh i also want to touch on the the territory map because mm -hmm. that adds to um you know you have to spend time traveling places and it's so much better than just creating a a, a map that you're you know this is what the distance is it, it's it's just yeah. that it just represents travel time yes and that's kind of the thing too I've, I've gotten a lot of questions like is it is it does is it supposed to represent a big city or is it supposed to be a small town like how big of an area can you support with this and i'm like well there's a a hundred individual spots that you can put on the map mm -hmm. so i don't so i mean i guess you can have a hundred and if you wanted to say like you know 80 of them are in your city and then the other 20 are across state lines like you can totally do something like yeah. that if that's if that's the way that like your game is structured you know but i've had i've had games where you because all the locations are rolled randomly mm -hmm. uh, so there's so there's not like that whole thing where like well we're just going to put all of our territory all in one spot so that everything is super consolidated it's like no it's like it's all very random yeah uh so and um and you may end up up with like like one of the games we had like an asylum next to like the rich neighborhood like it was it was very interesting uh just with the random roles and i'm like well that okay let's see how that works out and then i, I started creating a story off of that like you know like the um you know like the you know the the high society people were actually you know they were doing a lot of inbreeding so they started actually taking the 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 you know the kids that weren't great and they started sending them to the asylum to just be just to be kept there in secret so that they didn't disgrace their families you know and stuff like that like i was like this is this is story like i'm creating a story based on random roles as to where these things are which is you know really fun the, even <laughs> still though like that also represents that sometimes things are put in dumb places in cities and yes. it makes me think specifically of here uh, i live in rochester new york and there's a mental health care facility that is is right near like a college you know yes <laughs> and they're not related in any way as far as i know um exactly but, you know so it, it, you've got this weird gothic building with all this crazy architecture on it um that that's a, a mental uh, a mental health place and then you've got the college like but people put things in dumb places because <laughs> nobody's planning out like how they're where they're going to put it there's the place where i go to get hot dogs um has a uh um a pottery a place where you can make pottery next door to it mm -hmm. who would have thought that but <laughs> i wouldn't have but no uh, i definitely not <laughs> definitely not. um well, and that's kind of the, the cool thing about the to territory map too is that it feeds into the free time wealth dichotomy that kind of supports the whole thing. So, you know, if you're on one side of town, it's going to cost you, it's going to take you longer to get to the uh, way other side of town. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, so you know, you have to kind of consider how much free time you're willing to spend, um, and and you can actually spend like you can spend a little bit of wealth to kind of make you travel faster, and it like you know it represents like you know, hiring a taxi or the going by the bullet train or, you know, whatever. Uh, but you can spend some wealth in order to extend that out a little bit so that you don't need to spend as much free time. But um, it's it's one of those really fun things. And again, it, it just represents, um, it represents travel really well and it represents kind of where things are in the city. Um, and, you know, again, like the way that I told people, I'm like, it can be a really dense city or it can be super spread out. Like it could be, it could, you, the entire territory map could be like the state of Montana, you know, if you really wanted it to be, you know, cause it really doesn't matter. It's not about exact distances. It's like, it's generalized distances to work within the system to make you make hard choices. Yeah. Um, so if you have, 
if you have like seven free time, then it's like, yeah, I'll go way across town. I don't give a crap. You know, I have I have all the time in the world. I can do anything. You know, but if you have if you have like two free time left, you're like, I'm not. I can't go there. I have stuff to do in in like a couple of hours. You know, so you're like, you know, and it just becomes that sort of thing. Um, but the way that I've also explained the, the and this is one of my favorite things to to explain. There there's basically whenever whenever you are going to get in like. I guess interrupted by one of your bonds. Mm -hmm. uh, you have five. You have five major choices that you can make. And I always use this with like, you know, your husband calls you and says, "Hey, it's time for you to come home for that family dinner that you agreed that we would have." Um, so, like I always usually say it in that tone because <laughs> you know the because the implication is that you're you know you're assumed that you're gonna miss it and if you miss it it's gonna be bad for you. <laughs> um, so you have one choice is you're right, honey. I'm totally on my way home. Just it, just keep it warm and I'm gonna be there. That's your first option. Your second option is like, um, well, um, I uh, uh, I'm really swamped at work. Um, so, um, but I'm gonna, I ordered you some dinner and I'm gonna have it delivered and it's gonna be great. And then like, basically it delays it a little bit so you can just kind of deal with them later. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the other thing that you can do would be to ask your friend Bob and be like, hey Bob, uh, you know, man, my husband is really like, he's riding me really hard. Would you be able to like go over and maybe spend some time over there with him and you know, just kind of let him know that I'm like, I'm okay and everything's fine and everything. And then you can send somebody else to kind of in your place. Um, or <laughs> if you wanted to, you could, you could bring your Pantheon with you. You could be like, well, well, honey, I'm going to come, uh, but I'm also going to bring a couple of my friends, uh, which, which of course, <laughs> yes, which, which, and basically the, the goal in that would be like the other players would be researching using your computer, you know, but yeah. like you would probably be in the other room arguing with your, with your husband while, you know, he's like, you know, this is supposed to be a family dinner, not a family and friends dinner, you know, and like, you know, then the rest of your pantheon has to hear your domestic issues uh, in the other room, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last option is you send it to, you send the call to voicemail and you just ignore it. Just ignore and, it. And, uh, and uh, they, um, and then they don't like you the next scene <laughs> that you have with them. So, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, right? It's like the goal here was to give you like, as many options as possible mm -hmm. uh, of how to handle these sorts of things because I don't want it to be a sort of thing where it's like, oh, well now I have to go do this thing, which which again, it's fine if it feels like that for the character, but it shouldn't feel like that for the player. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like the character can be like, oh man, my husband, ah, he's just so annoying. But you know, like, but the, the, the player should be like, yes, I can't wait to, you know, I can't wait for the next scene because I just ignored him. And so I can't wait for the next scene where he's going to rail into me. You know, it's like, that's, that's what you should be excited for. Um, so anyway, that's, that's the stuff I like anyway. <laughs> I, I, I think it's amazing too. I, I like that integration and it's, and it's also in a, in a weird way, it's also a game a little bit about, um, about secret identities. Because yes. People don't necessarily know that you're gods. Um, or well, they don't. They're not supposed to know that they're that you're gods. Right. Your 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 relationships with with your bonds and stuff are are basically what keep you human. Mm -hmm. And if you intermingle your godhood into those things, then they become warped, and they're no longer they're no longer that thing. And, and I actually explain it in the book as basically like what happens when your mom loves you not because you're you, but because you're her god. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how does that affect your relationship? Is that really what you want? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, no, I'll, no, I, I definitely don't want that. <laughs> you know, wow. it's like, you know, um, but that's, but that's basically what can happen if you reveal yourself as a God. Yeah. Um, and basically there's the two choices. It's either she goes, you're crazy and commits you. Um, or she says, oh my God, you really are God, I, I, you know, and starts worshiping you. Um, you know, the middle ground there would be, she says, well, I understand that you're God, but I'm not going to worship you. But the problem with that is that the universe has a way of, she either kind of has to be a worshiper or something very bad will happen to her. Um, so it's like, that's why the gods don't reveal themselves to the people closest to them. 
is because you, it's going to change fundamentally everything about that relationship. Huh. That's uh, that's that's really cool. Yeah, it's not it's not like a it's not like a mage, you know, um, like uh, what is it called? Like you get smacked. Paradox. Uh, paradox. You don't get smacked with paradox. Um, there's no masquerade or anything. You could literally just go down the street flinging stuff. There is there there is a theology of gods who are like they they will come smack you, but there's no universal thing that smacks you. Um, but except for that, where yeah. like the universe doesn't like mortals to know about gods if they're not worshippers. Cool. Um, so there you go. They um, they don't they don't like the universe doesn't like fence sitters. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They either reject you and then you're fine because they don't believe you anyway. Yeah. Or they or they go full in, but they, they can't be in the middle because if they're in the middle, lots of bad things happen to them. That's really cool. Um, we're uh, we're nearing the end of our time. And, yeah. Uh, the problem with this is that I can ramble forever. That's um, hey. I understand that there are time limits involved here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I definitely. Well, I think what I'd like to do is have you back on when you're doing Ampere Four. And, and we, because I think you and I could have a very cool conversation about superhero games and amp. Um, but so, uh, but I wanted to give you a chance to plug everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so let's see everything. Yeah. Uh, obviously part-time God's second edition. And if we're doing this around the time of the Kickstarter should be on Kickstarter right now. So yeah. yay, go back that because I'm super excited about it. And there's a lot of really awesome uh, a lot of really awesomeness, big blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of really awesome things that are going to be in the game, but also as part of the stretch goals, like uh, I have a lot of cool source books that I would love to also get funded as part of this mm -hmm. uh, to really expand on the world and give players more options and all of that stuff. Like that would be really amazing. Uh, so there's that, obviously. The um, <laughs> But there is actually, there's going to be Ampere 4, uh, which is really awesome. And I think it may... If it's around Kickstarter time, it may be almost out or it might be already be out. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> um, but Ampere Four, of course, being the fourth, the fourth major book in the line, and it it brings in magic and it brings in aliens uh, to that super game. It's just, oh my God, there's so much awesomeness in things it. Things get the problem, weird in that book. It, things man. get really weird. Um, but the thing about the, the thing about this book specifically is that it actually is behind schedule, and it's because integrating magic into the existing system was a little bit harder than I had anticipated. Mm. Uh, so the goal, so it took it took a little bit of extra playtesting and some tweaking and whatnot to make it really fit and and work. So that's that's why it's late, which is sad. Um, but it's good because now it's actually that much more awesome. Yeah. So. Uh, so there's AMP. Um, we're going to be uh, releasing more information on the next Ninja Crusade book uh, called Poison Fruit, which should be really, really awesome. Uh, and there's just there. I have a lot of stuff. Um, you do more, have a lot of stuff, Eli. There's, there's more PIP system stuff that's coming out. Um, we have the PIP system primer that we're releasing quarterly. And actually, yeah, this is going to be around the time of the Kickstarter. And I'll stop saying that so that you don't have to keep editing that out. Um, <laughs> The uh, the um, the PIP system primer issue two should actually be out. We actually started releasing a quarterly um, a quarterly kind of uh, zine with additional PIP information in it. And uh, quarter one of this year was a fantasy issue, and quarter two of this year is going to be a film noir issue. Uh, so that's actually really cool. And if you're interested in more you know, PIP system things. And uh, maybe we'll talk more about PIP system next time too. Oh yeah. Because uh, PIP system is amazing. Uh, and it's, it's a really, really fun way to do some family style gaming. Um, but if you, but if you're into PIP system and you want to help the PIP system primer project, we do have a Patreon up for that. Um, so we do charge, um, you basically are purchasing it for about half the price that we sell it to the rest of everybody else. If you're part of the Patreon. Oh, cool. Um, so it's, you know, you're paying two bucks for it instead of everybody else paying four bucks for it. Uh, so that's, but that's for like helping us right up front after we release it, which is actually a lot of help. Uh, so, um, so we're, you know, we're always looking for new people there and you get it first. You also get to vote as a, as a patron, you get to vote on what the next issue will be. Nice. And uh, right now it looks like Aliens is in the lead. So it's Aliens followed closely by Dinosaurs. 
is is what we're looking at for the next issue. So we'll see who ends up winning. It's 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 not done yet, but uh, I'm very excited. If it's aliens, I'm super excited. About oh yeah. Aliens. I, I want to see some alien stuff. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, we're also working on a uh, companion book for my game, Sins of the Father, that was nominated for Best Game at last year's Innies. Mm -hmm. So that's also um, a lot of fun, too. Sins of the Father uh, being a game where you play uh, people whose souls were sold before they were ever born. Mm -hmm. So the game is about basically doing terrible, terrible things in order to uh, earn back your soul from the dark lord that it was sold to so it's it's uh it's a lot of fun and it goes it goes down it goes south like real fast <laughs> um so like it's, it, it gets into like backstabbing and debauchery like super fast uh and that just happens um but i was super excited when it got nominated for best game last year at the innies because it was up against like bubble gumshoe and like um uh, ooh, what was the what was the one that was like Stranger Things? It was from Modiphius, uh, and I can't uh, remember the name of it. Oh, I uh, I had it for a second. It's Tales Tales from the, the Loop. Is it Tales from the Loop? Yeah, Tales. Yeah, from Tales the... from the Loop. Yeah, like it was up against that. It was yeah. up against Tales from the Loop and like Bubble Gumshoe and like like I knew I wasn't gonna win it because I don't have the fan base to win it, but mm -hmm. just to have be just to be nominated against those really awesome big games uh that that was like oh wow like that was that that told me that i was like wow that that game was really good like i knew it was good but it's great to have other people confirm that it was good oh yeah uh, you know so <laughs> i mean even so anyway um yeah oh i was gonna say even like when you get to that point even you you hear people say oh it's good to be nominated and and i feel like sometimes people you know other people like oh no that's crap who that's not true but i've been in that <laughs> position and like no this look look who i'm standing here with like that's cool yeah yeah no it is actually really cool and honestly with the innies itself it it is about being nominated yeah because okay. because the winner is usually whoever has the biggest fan base yeah. which it doesn't necessarily denote the actual best in the category it just means that they had more people click their box right um, and that's not to discount anybody's win uh, I'm just saying that, you know, basically the nomination is where that's where you should get the kudos. And then the rest of it is kind of a popularity contest. But that's, you know, that's how that works. Um, and I actually have way, way more things, but I'm going to stop there um, because I'm always working on other things. And, you know, I'd actually love to come on here and talk about my other venture called um, New Agenda Publishing, oh. uh, which will actually be um, we're, we're working on our first quick start for our first game, Arun, which is a post-apotheosis sci-fi opera. Whoa. So it's going to be really, really awesome. And I am super, super, super excited about that one, too. Um, like, in a completely different way than Part-Time Gods. It's Because Part-Time Gods and, like, everything that I released through Third Eye Games is very much, like, just me. I'm just, like, this is just, like, my creative outlet. And I just kind of put myself out there. Mm -hmm. um, whereas with New Agenda... It, it's it is it's like it's like a movement it's like a cause yeah you know it's like that's my new company where you know it, it's a black owned company you know it's myself misha bushyager and jerry grayson uh you know we're all accomplished designers and writers um and we've decided that we're going to create a you know a gaming company where we're going to focus on you know uh putting a spotlight on some marginalized voices um, some underrepresented voices that are in the industry and don't necessarily get as much exposure uh, as, you know, other, you know, the more common stories and the more common voices that everybody's kind of hearing nowadays. So that's actually really, really fun. And the three of us have come up with a really awesome game called Arun, uh, which again, po uh, post-apotheosis, uh, sci-fi op opera. And uh, like I said, we're going to be coming out with a quick start for that pretty soon. Uh, and then as soon as that is done, then we're actually going to be doing an open call for more people to come in and start contributing to the Arun line. Oh, which amazing. Is, um, which is, which is, again, that's, that's the goal in all of this. Like we're creating this amazing game in order to have other people come in and share their voices with it. I'll, I'll tell you this, Eli, one of the reasons I wanted to do this, um, you know, I've, I've, done some game design myself um i've i've got this whole list of projects that i could potentially 
go go out and work on. But one of the things I, I wanted to focus on doing this show is getting other voices out there because mm-hmm. I, I think that that's important. Um, and so that's awesome that like you just plugged a project where you're doing the thing that I am so in support <laughs> of. So that's amazing. Um, how, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, I'm at Third Eye Games or at Aloy the Saint. Um, either one. Uh, one is where I talk more Third Eye Games stuff, and the other one is where I just kind of I rant randomly um, <laughs> about about just design things in general. Um, you can also go to um, at New Agenda Pubs if you wanted to uh, pubs if you wanted to check out New Agenda and see what we're doing over there as well. Fantastic. And those will all be in the show notes, of course. Yes. Yes, totally. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, fantastic. It has been great talking with you. Uh, I feel like I could probably have you on literally any time. Um, and we would fill up an hour with like one topic and have a great time doing it. Um, you so don't even know the half of it. I'm going to open that invitation up <laughs> because... Uh, I, I, I said this, I talked to, uh, Alex Roberts for my last show and mm-hmm. I said to her, like, I'm three for three, I'm four for four now. Like <laughs> people want to come back on, um, anytime. So, um, yeah. and I, I look forward to, uh, sitting down at a gaming table with you too. Let's make it happen. I love it. Um, well, very cool. Uh, Eloy, thank you so much for coming on the lounge and, uh, and um, I've had a great time chatting with you. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. And away we go. Thanks, Eloy, for coming by the lounge and chatting. Everybody, go check out Part-Time God 2nd Edition, which is on Kickstarter right now. And you can find Eloy at thirdeyegames.net or at thirdeyegames on Twitter. Misdirected Mark has a bunch of great shows, including Pandas Talking Games, where Phil and Senda answer your questions about RPGs from the perspective of one-shots and campaigns with some panda silliness. That song that you're bobbing your head to right now is And So It Begins by Artificial Music. Used under Creative Commons 3.0. Thanks for coming by. I'm Doc, and I'll see you next time on The Lounge.